0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, November 19, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff on the docket. You see a couple of lines, horizontal lines running across the screen. Let's just pay tribute to what they are. 358.75 is the former high, we know about that, we talk about that each and every day. 353.27 was a gap that was almost filled today, it wasn't quite filled. We talked about it last night, we talked about a couple or three important spots last night, and the market came right down, not necessarily to one of those spots, it came in between two of those spots. We'll get to that stuff later. The first thing we want to do is take a look at the daily chart and notice what jumps off the page at us. What's important information to us? What can we take away from the current picture on the screen? Well, the first thing we notice, or the first thing I notice, other than the two horizontal trend lines, but I know what they're from, the next thing I notice is they're climbing a breakdown candle. So we know the story when the market climbs up a breakdown candle. As they get closer or nearer to the top of the breakdown candle, A, that becomes magnetic to price and it draws price up into the top of the breakdown candle. And B, generally speaking, on the first run at a minimum, the top of a breakdown candle is overhead resistance. The candle in question that we're discussing is this candle from yesterday. The high happens to be at 361.50, and we don't know that they're going to get up to 361.50 in short order, but what we have to do is take away what the market is doing at present and what we can derive from that information. So on the daily chart, that's what we can see. We can see them climbing. They're about halfway home, up the breakdown candle. What else do we have on the board? We have 358.75. We know that's going to be important, at least from a bull bear battle perspective, right? Because it's a former high. So each and every time they get to the former high, we see a bull bear battle ensue. So we should expect no different. Before we move over to some other charts, what about the other side of the tape? What about the south side? What happens if we wake up red to a big gap down? What's going on? Well, first order of businesses, are they below today's low? Not below today's low, and it's a retracement. Below today's low, and something different is going on. What would be going on? Well, first order of businesses, they would go to fill the gap that they missed today at 353. 27, that's the second horizontal trend line down on the screen. Then they could and most likely would continue down to some of the other areas or numbers discussed last night. Let's get another perspective. Taking a look at the hourly chart, we see what's going on here. The market rallied up into the 50-period moving average on the hourly chart, tried to bust through, but couldn't do it. We also see sloping down on top of price is the 20 period moving average. The 20 period moving average coincides at present with what? 358.75. Does anybody think that area is gonna be important? Well, let me give you a third pancake in the full stack. Here's an hourly chart breakdown candle. The high is 359.11. You have 358.75, the high of a breakdown candle just over 359. You have a 20 period moving average, if price was trading into that type of situation during the trading day, is that what I would normally call garden variety overhead resistance? And the answer is, yes, it is. Now, let's put another twist in the situation. What happens if they're gapping over that stuff tomorrow? Well, then it's easy. 360 or a spike over 360 is the next order of business would be on the docket what else does that area up there above 360 represent now it's subjective exactly what price what i'm about to tell you represents but you can get the picture because we discuss this kind of thing all the time once you get up into this area above 360 to 360 and a half 361 up in that zone where are you you're in the last area where the market broke down before selling off So guess what? Yeah, this is a breakdown candle. That's treated one way, but this is an area where the market was going sideways. It could have broke upward, but it broke downward. So now as we rally back to that same area, what are they doing? They're rallying back to check in at a former breakdown area. That's the way the market works. We talk about this every single day That's why we talk about it every day, because the market repeats the same thing every single day, depending on what chart we're looking at. We could find the same thing repeat on stocks. We could find the same thing repeat on currencies, commodities. Doesn't matter whether you're trading lumber, pork bellies, or lean hogs. Gold, silver, platinum, IBM, AT&T, NVIDIA, all charts act and react the same way. So we talked about what happens if the market's pushing up. Where would it go? Why would it be going there? All that stuff. That all makes sense. What happens if it's the other thing that's going on? Why would the other thing be going on? Well, you have to look at the market. What happened today? The market fell to a point. It didn't fall to a specific point. It fell to a point it chose. In other words, it didn't get to the gap. That's an unfilled order of business. Another area we talked about last night was the entrance to the gap window. They spiked into the middle. And we talk about this also. What do we call this? We call this a midpoint. What did the market do? It went into the gap window, so it spiked the first level we talked about, the first price. It never got to the second price. It stopped short about right in the middle. They do that. But it's also something we have to remember for later. It's unfinished business, which means they're going to come back down to go get the gap. Whether they do it next week, three weeks from now, or they do it tomorrow, they're going to do it. So let's back up the truck again and talk about what we have on the table. Can they trade up into this moving average, the breakdown candle high, In this bearish-wedgish pattern, right, that's really what it is, so we want to be aware of it. The market comes down, and it's trading in a bearish-wedgish formation, maybe right up into this zone, and do what? Come down again through the gap, maybe, into the 20 period, pardon me, the 100 period moving average. Why do I say through the gap? There's a reason. They came up short. Is the gap the same type of support that it would have been today, will it be the same tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday? And the answer is, no, it won't. Why is that? They came up short and they rallied away. It changes the trade. We do the same thing with stocks on the move. We do them on a short-term basis. The same thing applies to hourly charts. It applies to daily charts and so on. It's the concept that applies. We apply the concept to whatever chart we're looking at why because all charts act and react the same way so the concept holds true on a 10 minute chart an hourly chart a 15 minute chart a 30 minute chart a 120 minute chart a 180 minute chart a weekly chart you get the point there's a lot of charts how else can we gauge the market tomorrow well are they above or below this hourly chart breakdown candle high 359.11. I assure you, tomorrow morning, that number will be important. Either they're nowhere near it, maybe they go get it later and we ignore it, but if they're close to it, it's going to be interesting to see if they're opening above it or opening below it to start the day. Are they gapping up or are they just where they finished the day today? Are they lower? It'll be interesting to see how they act and react around 359.11. I'm giving you the goods for Inside the Numbers commentary, pre-market, early thought type stuff the day before. What's that? Like tomorrow's news today? How about Inside the Numbers? So here's the thing or the deal that happened today. There was one of those something for everybody type of days. Stock's on the move, you got something. You wanted a short trade, you got something. You want a long trade, you got something. We'll go over the notes. You can pause the video, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. I urge you to do that if you're at all interested in Inside the Numbers. We'll circle back to Stocks on the Move. It was a welcome to Thursday, wake up a little red on a continuation sell from yesterday afternoon. Nice big range overnight, smells like opportunity, and that's exactly what it was. There was opportunity on the board if you wanted it. Right out of the chute, we're setting the stage. The overnight low, 35.42, we cite the high. These two prices are gateways to either more selling or a rescue operation, meaning more buying. And guess what? They pretty much were. The high was resistance until it wasn't. And here's something that's important. We don't care which way the market's going as long as we can identify the direction, the trend, and the numbers. Let's say they go down. Where's the support prices below the overnight low? Well, there you have it, 353.27. Here's the corresponding ES number down to 352.50 and that corresponding ES number. On the flip side, if they rally them, we've got the overnight high and the corresponding SPY number and then the all too familiar, which they never got to, of course, 358.75. And guess what? There's your 359.11. We come in uniform, prepared, ready for game time. Before the market opens, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You don't know at all what's going to happen. So you have to be prepared with all the numbers on the board on both sides of the tape. You never know what's going to happen, and therefore, you have to be prepared to react if you want to participate in the market. You have to know what you're going to do long before price gets there so you're not scrambling. And then what happens when you scramble? You end up chasing. What happens when you end up chasing? You lose. Moving right along. We'll let them open. We had a late update on TJX. Didn't matter. By 9.32, how about that rip on BJ? How did that feel? We'll get to that chart a little bit later. They were headed lower, 9.33. We're citing the gap once again, just so everybody's aware. Should be support. I'm not a buyer before the gap. It was too early in the day. I'm a buyer at the gap, which, of course, they didn't get there. Now, here's one for you, 9.35. For now, we have to use 3.56.31 as resistance. That will change later, but it's still early, and we can see a lot of back-and-forth chop-shop formation before they tip their hand. 356.31. Here we go. Let's get our faculties right of the vertical today's activity. They open slightly lower. They trade lower. They never get to the gap. They reverse back up. And what was resistance? 356.31. They pull back about 13 S&P handles, before making another low and continuing on. Where was resistance? Well, it was right above the same spot, maybe a few pennies above, but the same general area. 356, 31. Know thy numbers. You have to know your numbers if you're participating with capital, money, in the market. Guessing doesn't cut it. You need the numbers. We had a blurb on ZTO, which was another stock on the move. I had another number that I put out there, and you can see at 937, there was a gap down below, and therefore, I didn't want traders to get scared out of the trade. I wanted them to realize that there was a gap down below, and if they continued lower, and we'll look at the chart later, that's where they were headed, and that was another opportunity to add to a position. So I wanted to put that out there for anybody's benefit. And then, of course, I adjusted the stop accordingly, moving right along. Now, here's where you see I'm saying above a certain number opens the door to 356.31. So we already looked at the chart. They did all that. What I want you to do is pause the video, read the notes in detail. Not only are there numbers, but as you go throughout the trading day, what you'll notice is I'm teaching you stuff in here. I'm giving you insight how I read the tape, why certain things are there. Not all the time. Sometimes it's just quick. Here it is. Sometimes I take the time to say, here's the situation, and you can learn something. I like to call it the three-pillar approach. Pillar number one is understanding the foundation of how the markets really work. That's all taught in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. The second thing are these videos each and every night. It's like continuing education. And then the third pillar or your PhD is inside the numbers where I'm giving real time commentary in addition to stocks on the move long before the market even opens for the trading day. What more are you looking for? Moving right along. And again, we're fast forwarding the notes here, but I want you to pause the video, read the stuff and double check the work. Now here, I'm already zeroing in on 357. That's early in the day, 1041. I'm zeroing in on 357. Could take some time, but that's the target. Moving right along. No change. They're doing the thing. Traders who are long need to book profits along the way. Not sure how much above 357 they'll get on this push, but they should spike it. 355.60 was in fact The pivot, and that's what you'll see throughout the morning. We knew what the pivot was. Above 355.60, the bulls are in control. Below 355.60, and they're not, and the door was open for the lows of the day. You have to read this stuff to understand this stuff. Now, on that push that was cited before, they never did get to 357, but they did later on. Now, here's one more thing that I want you to pay attention to. Early in the day, we're saying if they get up to 357 to 357.50, there should be overhead resistance, meaning it's licking your chops for a short trade type of situation. But it all depends on how and when they get up there. So as the day goes on, that short trade looks less and less attractive. 11 o'clock, I'm still saying that's resistance... And here's where it's wrong. If they start getting above and closing candles above 357.70, then it's wrong. And what I'm doing here is I'm kind of giving this, not kind of, I'm giving the schematic as I'm going to take a break in the middle of the day. Why do I take a break in the middle of the day? Well, there's a number of reasons. A, I'm at this bright and early, and it's a lot of hard work. I need a break in the middle of the day. You can't look at the screens for 15 hours a day. It doesn't work. You'll get burnt out. So for a couple of hours in the middle of the day, I walk away, I walk back and forth, I check on the market, but I'm not glued to the market. I need to get away. I do other stuff. I have an appointment, I run to the store, I do other stuff. And here's the thing, the reason I can do that is because the majority of the time, in the middle of the day, 11 to 1, 12 to 2, 10.30 to 1.30, somewhere in that middle-of-the-day portion, the market's just going to settle into a chop shop, go back and forth in a 30, 40, 50-cent range. Sometimes it has big swings, but you know what? You can't do this based on, well, sometimes it is, so I'm never leaving. It doesn't work like that. I have a process, and this works. We give the schematic, and the majority of the time, nothing happens over lunch. Moving right along. And guess what? Here you are. 12.48, 12.48, removed from 11.05, it's a long time. They're in a chop shop formation doing nothing. Did I miss anything? No. Moving right along. How about one fifty-four. Wish there was something to say other than they'll eventually get to 3.57 by hook or by crook. That's a pretty bold statement. Above the pivot, the pivot from before, the door is open. Below the pivot, and the lows of the day, the door is open. This was the case this morning, and it's still the case. They've done neither. Now, here's an important one. Is 357 to 357.50 resistance still? Probably, but late in the day, the short trade from that price has a different risk. They can just keep going with a lack of sellers out there, giving my thoughts. Danger, meaning dangerous place to be inside my head. Let me scroll up a little bit. What's really inside my head? So here's one of those situations where I'm trying to convey what I think is a learning opportunity. Now the picture changed a little bit. Now they're inside of that last hourly breakup candle. The high is 359 or so. We talked about that before. Not saying they're getting there today, just saying there's not a ton of resistance before. There is, meaning resistance, just not a ton. And then I want to reiterate, it doesn't feel good to get sucked into a vacuum to the upside if you're short. Most important, with two hours left in the day, there's a slim to none chance of letting the profits from earlier in the day go away, treating it as a business. It's very important. I know there's a lot of guys, a lot of girls, a lot of traders out there that want more trades. They want to always be in a trade. I have a news flash for you. When you have that feeling and you act on that feeling, you will lose and you will be out of this business. That's the way this works. Moving right along. How about 233? And there's our 357. They don't have to stop. I'm telling you, don't short the market. And then it goes into the end of the day. You can read the rest on your own. Now, here's one more thing. Five-minute chart again. There's 357.50 in the middle, so I want to point something else out. So we always talk about this. When resistance is reached and price gets over resistance, that resistance point becomes support. The same thing happens on a mirror image of the market. Well, if 357 to 357.50 was supposed to be resistance, and they got above it, look what happened. It became support. And they ate time off the clock above or on top of that level. So guess what? What's the market doing? It's building energy to do what? To get to the next level. What happened? They ran out of time. How about stocks on the move? Two hit their price objectives today, ZTO, and the second one at the bottom of the list was BJ. Let's cut right to the chase and go to the charts. ZTO getting a buzz cut at the open, the number was $30.05, you see what happened. It was basically a dud, but here's what the other thing that happened. So when I put out the, there's more support at the gap, it was around 29, and then I adjusted the stop. A lot of traders ended up buying in front of that gap. They just bought again. They just figured, hey, there's support down here. There's another number. I'm going to buy ZTO again. I'm going to add to the position. And this way they lowered their cost basis and they ended up making money. From $30.05, they still did the deal. They gave the base hit. The high over here was exactly what now? It was $30.50. But there was no rocket ride. But again, it was a base hit. It's not a loss. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. We move on. How you doing? How about BJ's Wholesale? $40.45 on the board, bright and early. One number, by the way. There was one number on the board for BJ. Never added a second. That was it. It was make it or break it. That was, at least within pennies, the low of day. And they took off and never looked back. These are the ones you sign up for. These are the ones that I teach. You take a profit a little way up to make sure you get a base hit. If they come down and it stops you out of the rest, that's fine. You still made money. But what happens if it goes on a rocket ride? You have the option to hold it all day long if you want. There was no reason for a trader that was holding any shares remaining in BJ's wholesale. There was no reason to sell this as the day went on until the end of the day. That's the way you can do this. You don't have to do this. I don't do it all the time. I do it sometimes. I don't want to watch it all day. I'm doing other stuff. But I've done this Many, many times over the course of my career, and I have made a lot of money holding a portion of a position for an all-day sucker. It's 10% in one day, give or take. Where do you sign up for that? And that was a rhetorical question. You sign up right here. What about Camp IWM? What can we say about the daily chart of IWM? couple of things jump right off the page. Really, two things. That's it. And that would also be synonymous with a couple. You're above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until it's not. The other thing is, it's basically eating time off the clock. You had to move higher, right? They gapped up. You're eating time off the clock. They're going back and forth. But what they're eating time off the clock, building energy to do, is in the same vicinity of the former high. So guess what? They're not failing. They're not down here failing. So if they're not failing and they're just eating time off the clock... What's the market really telling you? It's telling you that it's building energy just not ready to make the next move higher yet. That's what it's telling me anyway. Folks down at the transportation department, pretty simple story from here. They're either going to go down and fill the gap, and even if they do, it's still in an uptrend. Technically, nothing wrong with this tape whatsoever. And if they don't do that, or they even do do that, they're still in an uptrend. They're still pushing at new highs, making new highs. There's nothing whatsoever wrong with the transports until there is. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Again, it's a little bit of a quandary. This looks different than some of the rest. The Qs are in an uptrend above all the moving averages. Fine. You still have this daily chart breakdown candle from... Last Monday, almost two weeks ago now, and they haven't been able to even get to the top, challenge the top. They're also potentially building energy, eating time off the clock, waiting until they're ready to challenge the high of this breakdown candle. That's one scenario. If they start coming down and get below the 20 period moving average, that's trouble. No change in the XLF, down 7 cents. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. All we need to do with the XLF is pay attention to Friday's close. Above 2680, she's good. Below, and she's not. Similar story that we just talked about appears in the SMH. They're eating time off the clock, building energy to make another push higher above the high that was just made. That's really all that's going on the way that changes is a failure. And the way that failure occurs or the way you know about the failure is the way you know the market is failing is first they start getting below this gap. 196.20, they start closing hourly and daily below 196. That's a little bit of trouble. It's not trouble from a daily chart perspective. They still be in an uptrend, but that means that they're, again, just not ready yet to make another push higher and they need to eat some more time off the clock. You get below the moving averages and something else is going on. But also, we have to be aware that markets don't like to really get too far away from home base. The 20 is home base, 20 period moving average, that is. So it's not uncommon for them to eat time off the clock and let home base work up to price. That's also one of the scenarios that could be going on here with the SMH.